Blog Talk Radio.
The True Israelites, with your host, the seer of Seed Royal. To the four corners of the globe, praise his righteous and powerful name. Hallelujah. Israelites with your host, the seer of Seed Royal. To the four corners of the globe, praise his righteous and powerful name.
That's why I speak today is very important. That's why they all tell you, check the counter. See, is you prepared for the feast of wheat, the feast of harvest, coming up this time tomorrow night when the sun sets. And we'll be live on the broadcast, and that's a one-day feast and gathering. Big messes in that might talk about it. We don't know. But one thing we do know, we don't talk about it today. We'll talk about it tomorrow night this time. All right, so we're going to bring our elder in and tell you all about who bring the broadcast on on the pre-feast of Harvest Feast of Week coming up. So when you meet our elder, yeah, on the international side, packed to the rim, over 900,000 plus and counting, according to WCC. Okay, good. Uh, so we're going to bring our elder in. He'll tell you all about the broadcast. And we're going to one thing. Y'all why I got it written. He gave a, a special people a special duty to receive their paycheck spiritually. It's up to you to take hold to it. So you meet the elder with our voice. You say, Elder Mr. Tibbs Israel. Y'all why I beat your FC Israel. And Yaqua bless you, see as well as see as well. Hallelujah, Yaqua. Hallelujah, Yaqua, the elder. One thing about it, we got to call the way it is, elder. You're doing your part in grand style, and that's what it's all about. So we we got we got no doubt that James five twenty, you will have a couple of them, couple of them in your back pocket when you stand before him. You will say at least I got some. James 520 is in my back pocket. That's all. It took a James and said, is that true? Yeah, he got some 520. All right. So that's what you want. You want all the bargain chips you can get. So that's what James 520 is all about. So we ought to take your time and let's talk about this um, broadcast and who bring the broadcast and what's going on tomorrow at this time, all that. Take your time. Whatever y'all want to put on you. Tell his national audience, you're on the clock, Elder Mr. Tibbs, Israel, come on. Well, once again, Yaqua bless you, see Israel, and thank you for bringing me into tonight's broadcast among a cast of hundreds of thousands of listeners. And you always hear me say that is a good thing. And why? Because some people are actually touched by what we say and the voices of the true Israelites. And actually, some are not. I ran into an individual like that today. They heard me speaking about the Bible to another preacher, which he was accepting what I was saying because that's what we're taught. We, use, we are taught to use the Bible to back that up, what we say. Things were going good. This one person decides to speak up and say, Mr. Tibbs, I says, yes. You say you believe in the Bible. You know that was just written by man. I said, yeah. Well, what kind of man? Just the average man. I said, so like the people walking down Madison Street in Chicago or what do you mean? The average man? Yeah, the average man. I said, let me ask you a question. Question. Have you ever heard of intervention? They looked kind of curious, but to let you know how the story went, it was a descendant of Esau asking me this. I said, let me put another word in the front of it. 
divine intervention. Well, people can have divine intervention. Well, it went on and on. So I decided to ask them a question of creation or evolution. I said, I want to ask you this question. Let's see how you answer it. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, something had to lay the egg, and they got a bit confused. This is okay, there you go. Now you can't tell me the egg crawled out of the water and developed up into a chicken and laid it. So somebody had to create that. Who created the first man? Oh, that was an experiment probably from aliens. I says, okay. Well, once you decide which way you want to go, I said, then you can be helped because uh, you are far out away from anything righteous. So we're taught when they don't want to receive, you have to leave them alone. But the ones that want help, we're here to guide you through these dark times of bad teaching and loud bump the gums and confused Christianity. We welcome and thank all of you for attending our live broadcast of Jacques Ministry. We come to you live and open to you always with new and exciting topics from the King James Bible. First and foremost, about Yahweh's book, learning how to connect the biblical books, your health, foods you should eat, and keeping the Sabbath days. We do this because you have not. This is information that you all came to seek and have to look no further because you've now found it in the voices of the true Israelites, tribe of Yahweh. We're open unto you on, on the normal days from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And those normal days are Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, having no class on Tuesday unless we have a high day or a special event. However, we do have a Sabbath class, and the top part of Sabbath is Friday. The online class for that day starts at 7.30 to 10.30. Now, the bottom part of the Sabbath is Saturday. There's a temple class that starts at 12 p.m. and an online class that starts at 2 to 5 p.m. until the temple members desire to leave. We also have a website address. To use this, open up any search engine on any one of your smart devices. Right on the search line, type as follows, tribegada.com. And after you click Enter, once again, look for tribejada.com dash Israelite. After you click on it, this will take you to a big line, and you'll see some choices, one being tithes and offerings. Click PayPal and follow those instructions. However, on any other device, you might see menu. Click on this. Again, you'll see choices. Still choose the tithes and offerings, and doing so, remember what we read in the book of Psalms, chapter 96, verse 7, verse number 8. 7 says, Give unto the Aqua, O you kindred to the people. Give unto the Aqua, glory and strength. 8. Give unto the Aqua, the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Now, when you're doing this, I always remind everyone that Yaqua loves a cheerful giver. And also, donations to this ministry is greatly appreciated that you give according to the Bible scriptures that are mentioned in the book of Leviticus, chapter 27, verse 30, and mentioned once again in the book of Hebrews, chapter 7, verse 8, and verse number 9. 
This is done to keep this ministry bringing you Dostoevsky Akwan. Also, the building the school. And every day that I mention this, I can see it's more and more needed, especially after today's conversation. We do need that school, a banquet hall, and a radio station, and land to grow the health booths we continue to speak of. Also, while there, we have a check calendar. And what was mentioned earlier today about the feast days that we're in, that calendar is helped design to keep you in tune with the Bible feast days we talk about that come throughout the year. Also, we have a live program. It's features available during our live broadcast time. Just type in three words to get there, Yaqua Radio Live. And after click enter, look for the voices of the true Israelites, tribe of Yadah. And click the red live button as soon as it appears. It'll put you right into our live online broadcast. We also have a few numbers you can call with the Aqua in mind. The first is our live conference room number, which is 319-527-6065. The other is 224-600-5579. This is our international phone number where you can call and leave a message on those scriptures that you may have questions on, which can be answered by any one of the six minor camps of Yahweh's ministry. But also, in saying that, do not call this number trying to teach. I'll have to remind you, you only hear a discouraging click followed by a dial tone. Also, by calling the same number, you can order what our members know as the 12 programs via the 12 tribes of Israel on DVD. Just make sure we get the correct name and the correct address, and you will receive that prompt. On another note, we might ask, please do not contact us via your email, phone, or text before broadcast or afterwards. You might imagine he's pretty busy with the WCC, the New York Station stockholder, Mr. Cigar Man, and answering many memos that most of us have seen. But even now, in addition to that, the Latter-day Saints. And that's besides setting our program up before it starts. So please use the international line of 224-600-5579. And if the question is legit, you will receive a call back. Unless you call trying to teach, you'll only hear that discouraging dial tone. Now, if you happen to miss the beginning of our today's special edition program, you can listen to the entire show at 9.15 p.m., except Fridays. Our program time is usually repeated after 10.30. And to do this, just enter three words, Yaqua Radio Live. After clicking it, look for Voices of the Truth Lights, Tribe of Yadda. At that point, just choose the program that you relate log into or any previous day on a list that you would like to listen. Also, during our normal broad talk Friday, Yaqua's story is also being continued simultaneously on Peltalk, which can be logged in by your phone, tablet, or computer, even your smartwatch. But just download the Peltalk app. It will be listed under ethnic group, African American. When you get there, look for Voices of the True Israelites, Tribe of Yadda, and you'll find a room will hold 50 or more listening participants where Yaqua's word will also be working for your Bible education 
online there to answer on the table topics we discussed during our program will be Elder Mr. Tibbs Israel, along with the Seer Israel, writing and shopping. And during this time, we will be taking no comments off topic or any more than two text questions answered at a time. And if our talk ends before teaching time, we will continue our teaching on Palestine. I'll be with you all. But as usual, I always give a continuing reminder. When we're giving the scriptures to speak by this year, be quick to hear and slow to speak. So the words of Yahweh flow smoothly, remembering that we have over 900,000 listeners that came to hear the righteous words of Yahweh and not that of confusion. We're also given a reminder of that fact in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. But realize, today is another day for the word of Yahweh, and actually nothing has changed, except the number of people that come here to the word of Yahweh, and you'll find those that want to commend it and add unto what we say, only following out by those casting the word behind their back. And some not even want to hear the verses in the Bible at all, just like earlier when the broadcast that I mentioned. Even taking the Bible meaning and verses the other way, along with the noisemakers, the complainers, the deceptive listeners, flipping the pages to look like they're paying attention, but when they're called to speak, they're completely lost. They have clearly forgotten we're only one man or one woman. And seriously, Time is not in our favor, but the best is yet to come because we can only do 100% of what one man or one woman can do that was Yahweh created. And if anyone ever says they've done more, they just lie. Now they're doing the work of another past the creation of Yahweh. Now that's impossible. We even have a reminder about that in Matthews chapter 19, verse 26. So we can start our program and go on to hear the righteous words of Yahweh and continue our learning. We'll pass our program back over to our seed Israel and say, Hallelujah, Yahweh. All right, there, Hilda. Hallelujah, Yahweh on that. Well, like that, Hilda, you made it plain. Now, remember, all feast days start on the broadcast at 7.30. Oh, whatever day, regardless what day it come on, all feast days start on the broadcast at 7.30. But we, when the sun sets, we'll be ready to take care of Yahweh's business. And those that's coming early help straighten out Temple One and, you know, get there early. Possibly you see where you can kind of straighten up some things around and get prepared for what's got to be done. But on the broadcast, all feast days, regardless of what day it comes on, Tuesday or Friday, see it starts at 730, feast day. All right, good enough, so. So I guess we're going to do, Hill and myself, we're just going to throw some verses around and see which way it goes. And when they're ready, curtain will go up, no doubt about it. All right, Elder, so uh, we get to get, see get going on on this special edition called Thursday evening. And 
you made a couple of statements. And so I think I'm going to take a look at that along the way. But we just go in and drop off some Luke, chapter 12, verse 12. Hey, Mr. Chair, what that say? Because we, we can use all we can get after we just uh, stroll down through tape number eight, rebuilding the number of the beast 666, the son of tradition. Come on. In the book of Luke, chapter 12, verse number 12 says, For the righteous spirit shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. That's right, Elder. You not believe that the righteous spirit do all the, all the, right, righteous spirit do all the teaching. And the one thing about it, you mentioned a profound word, that we might as well deal with it in in the wisdom of Solomon, chapter 5, wisdom of Solomon, chapter 5, you may, you may have a final statement about the deception, deceptive listener. Let's see what he got written on that in the wisdom of Solomon out of the apocrypha, which you call the hidden books, the takeout books, the takeaway books. The hid away from you because it told a story and put the finger on, on them so they hear these 14 books from you and tell you what well, they, they're not in canon. Well, we know they're not in canon because they kept put the finger on those who take it out and, and produce the word called apocrypha. You said, what that word mean? Oh, the hidden books that were taken out in 1885. Oh, okay, that's what it really means. All right, good. Wisdom of Solomon 5, verse 1 is real. Let's see if we can get our point on, like you said, about the deceptive listening. 5, verse 1 is real a bit ill. Are you on the clock for the special edition called Thursday evening? Come on. In the Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 5, verses 1 and verse number 3. One says, well, no. then show. With this one on the down, not, I didn't say no number three. It started verse one, and we just reach and we get our point. We'll, we'll get a point that we're looking for in that fifth chapter. We started one, we just, we'll, we'll just get a point out of it. Come on. Okay. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter five, starting at verse one and continuing. One says, then shall the righteous man stand in a great boldness before the face of such as have afflicted him and made no account of his labors. Two, when they see it, they shall be troubled with terrible fear and shall be amazed at the strangeness of his salvation. So far beyond all that they look for. Three, and they repenting and groaning anguish of spirit shall say within themselves this was he whom we had sometimes in diversion and a proverb of diversion proverb of reproach for we fools accounted for his life madness and his end to be without honor Five, how is he numbered among the children of Yahweh? 
and his lot is among the saints. Six. Good. Therefore. That's good. That's good right there. So he, so he's telling you that it is the ministry going to slip past all the, the propaganda. He said, how they numbered among the saints and how they got up under all our deception, living, we do. So they knew these days was coming. That it, had, it was written that it would be a ministry that would see right through all the deception. And that ministry is forces of a Jewish life. We don't need no light to see you. We can see you even in the dark of deception. Is that, how did that ministry slip out from under us? We thought we had buried the, whole, the known world in propaganda. But it's forces of a Jewish life have snuck up out. Out of my hand. We got to figure out another way to deal with them. That's good enough with that elder. Now back up to the first chapter of that wisdom Solomon elder. Wisdom Solomon chapter 1, verse 1. And let's read a little bit to get our point there. So the ministry is on the scene now called Voices of the Two Israelites. The six and nine camps we can see through the propaganda. And that's why that man that's called a system, the family, must be revealed. So let's look at that wisdom of Solomon Elder, Israel. One verse one is read a little bit till we get our point. In the same book, pick up that verse one, come on. Same book that Elder, wisdom of Solomon, chapter one. Verse 1. What that say here? What's going on, WCC? I don't hear our hill. Verse number what? 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, starting in verse number 1. Love righteousness, ye that put, ye that he judges of the earth. Think of the Yahweh with a good mind, and in simplicity of mind seek him, too. For he will be found of them that tempt him not, and show of himself unto such as do not distrust him. Three, forward thoughts separate from Yahweh and his power when it is in its, its tribe. Reprove the unwise, or for into a malicious soul, wisdom shall not enter, nor dwell in the body that is sub that is subject unto sin. Five, for the righteous spirit of the discipline will flee deceit and remove from thoughts that are without understanding, and will not abide when unrighteousness comes in. Good. Six. Good. So you see that? See, if a person got the, a deceptive spirit there, Elder, don't worry, he will be revealed because you can look on their face. There's nothing smooth about them nowhere. And that's what happens when you got a deceptive spirit. The spirit of the Bible is going to flee deceit. 
got an island in your head and you try to come from another way, you'll be out there on your own because the spirit of Yahweh will flee his feet. He will not let you be smooth in liberating your word. No. It won't happen. So if you watch him long enough and you see him, see him trying to come from another way, that's not because the one thing the spirit of Yahweh have left there. Let's run to Second Samuel, Elder. We're going to Second Samuel chapter twenty-two, and we'll pick up verse thirty-one. Let's see what's going on in Second Samuel twenty-two, verse thirty-one. Say that, Elder. In the book of Second uh, Samuel. Chapter 22, looking at verse number 31, and that says, As for Yahweh, his way is perfect. The word of the Yahweh is tried. He is a buckler to all them that trust in him. Mm-hmm. So, Yahweh's word has been proven and been tried. And he's a buckler to them. Get a precept on that, Elder. Let's get a precept on that by looking at the book of 12, chapter, verse 6 of Samuel. I mean, um, Psalm 12, verse 6. So, see, the word mm-hmm. of Yahweh take care of his business. Let's find out about how his word is. Past the man and twelve. Uh, the book called Psalms, chapter twelve, verse six. Let's talk about his word, Dale. In the book of Psalms, looking at chapter six, we starting at verse one and read a little bit. Well, we we pick a, uh, make a chapter twelve. You know, we're gonna look at the twelfth chapter, and we'll look at just one verse six. We want we trying to analyze this word a little bit. We're gonna start for a little time and lay a little foundation down. So, in the twelfth chapter, what do it say in verse number? Okay, Psalms chapter 12, verse number 6 says, The words of the aqua are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. See that? And, and, when, and when they purified seven times, Elder, his words is purified seven times. So when we go to the book called Revelation, its words is purified seven times. So we want to know what that means by going to the book of Revelation, chapter 16. Its words is stout. It seeks for itself. It's purified seven times. So we go on to the 16th chapter, Elder, of Revelation, 
and we're going to see what can we get out of that. In the sixth chapter, let's see, Revelation chapter 16. So when his word is purified seven times, what do that mean in verse number? Let me see. Let me see, Coach. Let me see what, what, we, what we're looking for. The word is purified seven times. That's big talk, Dale. I want to get a verse out of that. What you got? What you say, Elder? I remember our previous lesson. You said seven times was the sign of completion. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we want to just pull that out. We want to pull that out in the 16th chapter of the book called Revelation. We want to pull out exactly what you just got through saying there, Elder. But we're struggling right now. We'll, we'll look at the 16th chapter, and but we struggle right now. I mean, we're looking right at it, and we can't find what we need. So what we're going to do, I guess we just uh, look at Daniel 2.16. So put a marker right, right there in it, and let's see what Daniel said in 2.16. Okay, mark of me. Going to the book of Daniel. Mm-hmm. Chapter, two. Chapter 2, verse 16. Mm-hmm. Reading 16. 16 says, Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time and that he would show the king the interpretation. That- so that's the same thing we're saying right now. We are we struggling right now, Elder. We're struggling right now. So so we desire to have a little time and we'll come back with that a little bit later. We'll come back with it. As a matter of fact, look at fifteen verse one. I'll make a note of that. Fifteen verse one. So we deal with we deal with the seven. See exactly fifteen, verse one, and verse number six. What it says in one and verse six there. One, six, and eight. You make a note of that. One, six, and eight. One, six, and eight. Coming out the fifteenth chapter of Revelation. What does it say there, Elder? Revelation. Revelation chapter 15, 1, 6, and 8. What does it say? In the book of Revelation, looking at chapter 15, looking at verses 1, 6, and verse number 8. One says, And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having seven last plagues. For in them is sealed up the wrath of Yahweh. Six. And the seven angel came out of the temple, having seven plagues, 
clothed in pure and white linen, and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. Eight. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of Yahweh, and from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So there's seven, I'll read verse seven there, Elder, read verse seven. It's seven, look, look what it says in verse seven, verse seven. Okay, verse number seven. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials, full of the wrath of Yahweh, who liveth forever and ever. You see that? So, so what we find out this seven, that is a sign of, like the elder said, that's just completion. That's it. The elder said earlier, is letting you know the seven is the completion. It's not gone no further than this. So when we read about worship day and Genesis 2 verse 3, it tells us something. And we got to recognize if it got a seven on it, that's the end of it. That so Genesis two verse three, what that say here in Genesis two verse three? Okay, in the book of uh, Genesis, chapter two, verse number three says, "And Yahweh blessed the seventh day and sanctified it." Because that in it he had rested from all his work which Yahweh had made. Mm-hmm. And so so the seventh day, when it comes down to worship uh, by being the seventh day, that's the what, El? According to what we what we just got through dealing with, that is the seventh last. That's it. That's it. It is no other day to worship Yahweh, you can't go past the Sabbath and say, well, I'm going to worship him on the first day, second day. No. Then you're doing too much because the seventh day, the last day of worshiping and the only day of worshiping. See, when seven is put on the table, you're going to see movement of the clothes, like right now. And last night lesson, um, Elder Red and Hosea chapter 6, 1 and 2, 6,000 years has already passed since Yahweh the Son is sitting now on the right hand. And for a reason, according to Hebrews 10, 12 and 13, what, what is the reason? Because he, he don't complete his part. So what is the reason he's sitting on the right hand now after he don't complete? His part six days, and now we're in the seventh day, which is the final day, seven thousand years. So in Hebrews ten, twelve, and thirteen, elder, what is he doing that we can read in Hebrews chapter ten, verse twelve and thirteen? In the book of Hebrews, chapter twelve. Well, at chapter ten. Looking at verses 12 and verse number 13. 
12 says, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of Yahweh. 13. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Yeah. And in the 17th chapter, 1 through 5 and 9, you know, St. John, so what is he saying? So after he completed six days, 6,000 years that have passed, and we're in the seventh day, what is this really saying in the 17th chapter, 1 through 5 of St. John and 9? What is this saying for us to kind of start con- making a consideration to in St. John 17, 1 through 5, and verse 9? In the book of St. John, chapter 17, looking at verses 1 through 5, and I believe verse number nine. One says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with Yahweh, and the word was Yahweh. Two. That's pretty good. The Hold, same on, is in the... Hold on, Hill. I'll make that 17 chapter. 17, 1 through 5, and 9. Okay. Change to 17. Thank you there, uh, Elder, for finding it. All right, we got the right one now. St. John chapter 17, 1 through 5, and looking at also verse number 9. 1. These words spake Yahweh the Son, and lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. 2. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he would give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Three. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true Yahweh, and Yahweh the Son, from whom thou hast sent. Four. I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Five. And now... O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, the glory which I had with thee before the world was. 9. I pray for them, but I pray not for the world, but for for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. So, you know, pray for everybody. He prayed for them that you have given him. So he said, I don't pray for the world, the entity. So he's telling the father, as he wrapped up the job that his father gave him, he said, I don't pray for the world. So all this uh, praying for the world, we're doing too much because Yahweh the Son that made the world is not praying for the world. So, but, but you will say in your prayers, that we praying for the whole world. What do you mean you're doing too much? Just pray for what he just said. He prayed not for the world, but he prayed for the one that you have given him. The one you have given him is the one that is going to be righteous. 
one that he was able to show them, and they seen the light and came to the light. So that's the one you pray for. But those that's um those that in First Corinthians five twelve through fourteen. Now that's the Gail. So we might want to we might want to adventure a little bit of that and see what he got written. And First Corinthians chapter. Five, five, verse 12 to 14. Let's see what that says, Corinthians 5, chapter 12. What was that again, Brother Sia? Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 12, 13, and 14. Okay, 12 to 13. 1 Corinthians 5, reading 12 to 13. 12 says. And 14. What have I, and for no, four, no fourteen. Stops at thirteen. Okay, good. Twelve says, "For what I have to do to judge them also that are without, do ye judge them that are within?" Thirteen. But them that are without Yahweh judge. Therefore, put away from among yourself that wicked person. Hmm. Did that today. Mm-hmm. So he says, maybe all you supposed to worry about is the one that is within. He said, the ones without, you just put them away from your mind. He said, I take care of them. That's not your responsibility. Let's read verse 12 and 13 again. I think we got some I think we got some in that verse we can work with. Let's read that again in 1 Corinthians 5, 12 and 13 one more time. Because I heard some out of that. I want to pull out another verse with it after we hear it again. Now come on. 1 Corinthians 5, chapter 12 and 13. 12 says, For what to do to judge them also that are without. Do ye not judge them that are within? 13. But them that are without, Yahweh judges. Therefore, put away from among yourself that wicked person. Mm-hmm. So when you're without, it's a definition of being without according to Paul that was raised from the womb, we're not reading Galatians 1.16, he said, if you without, you are a wicked person. So he says to Paul, and Paul tells the children of northern kingdom Israel, you worry about the people that's within. The one that's without, let Yahweh take care of them. You just concentrate on the one that want to hear the truth and work with them. You see, you ain't got to blackjack nobody to hear the truth because Yahweh that, that put a seal on them and they are without. He said, let Yahweh change their mind. It's not for you to do that. If they're without, uh, just tell them to have a nice day because there's nothing you can do for them unless, unless Yahweh, um, 644 and 45 there, you know, what he got written in St. John chapter 6, verse 
44 and 45. Let's see what he got written there. We'll do we precepting now. St. John 6, 44 and 45. What's going on there, Elf? In the book of St. John, chapter 6, looking at 44 and 45. 44 says, No man can come to me except the Father which had sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. 45. It is written, and the seers, and they shall be all taught of Yahweh. Every man, therefore, that had heard and had learned of the Father cometh unto me. Mm-hmm. So the Father tells the Son exactly who I want you to work with and who I don't want you to work with. He said, no man can come to me unless the Father give it okay and draw them. So a lot of times, elders, we will be wondering why people to be stuck. And you know you um swell up a, a big lecture to them. And, but the father got a draw to the son. And the son, once the son got it, clear the angel. And once the angel got it, they'll take it down to the seer. Then... Once the seer got it, you pass to the elders. Once the elders got it, they pass to the teachers and the young lion. And lioness, and then once they got it, they take it to the father. Once the father got it, they take it to the mother. And once the mother's got it, they take it to the children. You ain't gonna break the protocol on what this man is uh laid on the table. But the father got to get a week. Father got the week at the song. And the song said, I'm finished what he done done, so 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 now we're going to five the song said he finished. So now if he finished in St. John now, it was very interesting. Come out the gate conversation. In St. John chapter 12, there, Elders, I want to peep at that for a minute. In St. John chapter 12, that's very interesting what I just heard. In St. John chapter 12, Elders, he wants me to know how this goes. We'd be able to. Really, but I'm struggling again because, you know, I'm sentenced to the 12 chapters, but now I'm kind of struggling, so I got a, I got a 216 out of Daniel 2. I'm struggling right now, yo, on making a connection about what reason did I come to St. John chapter 12, maybe because I was in... I was in Mark chapter 12. Maybe that's the reason. Maybe we'll call it in Mark chapter 12. Maybe let me see that. St. John chapter 12. 
Verse 18 to verse number 21. 18 says, 
And this voice, which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the righteous mount. 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your minds. 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. 21. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but righteous men of Yahweh spake that they were moved by the righteous spirit. You see that? So mm-hmm. man cannot take credit for this right here. And remember the spirit will flee deceit. So if those is not following the protocol of Yahweh, don't worry, the conversation will not go long otherwise reading the Bible. You will be out the Bible in a few minutes and you'll be only on a pit opinion opinion opinionated. That's all it'll be. Because Yahweh will please the seat, he will not have you to go in the Bible to read no more than one scripture. Two, you really talk to some talk. So then you know then and now what they own. Because Yahweh been on free from deceit. So that's why they get off into rambling and in your window. Because Yahweh is not going to allow them to turn page. So keep that in your mind when you show them something. They already got their mind made up on that one verse. And when you, when you show that, that no, that's not saying, that's not saying what you think it's saying because the Bible in 43, number 28 of Sarat, Elder, see, the Bible is a 43, and I'll make it 42, 28. Let's see what Sarat says, 42. 42 verse 28, Elder. 42, verse number 28. Is that what I want? 42, 43, 28. Which one I want there? 42, 28, or 43, 28. Try 43, 28, Elder. Okay, which one? Um, 42 or 43? We'll make it 43. Uh, 43? We'll make it 43. Yeah, 4328. Let's see what that says. In the book of Shirak, chapter 43, I'm changing my own notes to compare. In the mm-hmm. book of Shirak, 43, 28. 28 says, how shall we be able to magnify him? For he is great above all of his works. He said, how shall we be able to magnify him? He's great among all his works. Good. 29. Verse number 29. 
The Yahweh is terrible and very great, and marvelous is his power. 30. 30. When you glorify the Yahweh, exalt him as much as you can, for even yet will he far exceed. And when you have exalted him, put forth all your strength and be not weary. For you can never go far enough. He said, you know, you don't know? fall enough in God's word. He said, you exalt him as much as you can, as fast as you can, or whatever, because you never can go far enough. Now, in Job chapter 11, verse number 6, Job, that's Ishakar's boy, and what he wrote in 12, verse number 6. Okay, in the book of Job. Twelve verse six. Looking at chapter 12, verse number 6. 6 says... The tabernacles of robbers prosper, and they that provoke Yahweh are secure. And mm-hmm. to are whose you, hand... Are you reading 11 verse 6, Dale? Okay, tw- I went to 12 verse 6, okay. Mm-hmm. 11 verse number 6. 6 says, And he that would show thee the secrets of wisdom that they are double to that which is. Know therefore that Yahweh exact, exacted of be the less than thine equity deserveth. Mm-hmm. So the secret to understand the Bible is the Bible has a double meaning. And that's the game changer at day Now let's go back to Sarat again, 4224. Let's go back to Sarat, 4224. One more time, Sirach 4224. See, now we're going to give a case in point since we, um, I think, I think you know, most of all those that, um, that participate in the night broadcast, I guess they give a pass in their white garments to the cleaners and, and picking things up so um, you know they're awfully busy. So we're just going to. Throw a few things around there, and and to what four two twenty four. Let's see what we're working with there, four two verse twenty four. Book of Shrach, chapter forty two, verse number twenty four. It says, "All things are double, one against another, and he that had made nothing imperfect." Right, that's good, right there. Right there. So when you read in the Bible, you know, make sure you be plainly with them let them know the Bible has a double meaning. You can read the Bible one way, but it could be talking about something totally different. And and we'll get a case in point on that. Because only one perfect is 
But I tell you what, let's take a look at the sea state first. Then we're going to show you that the Bible has a double meaning. Let's look at this feast day that's coming up this time tomorrow night, Elder. Let's find out what is the name of this feast coming up by going to Exodus 23, verse 14 down to verse 17. Let's find out what's going to be going on this time tomorrow night. What's going on that we can read? Exodus 23, verse 14 down to verse 17. Let's take a look at this feast that's coming to your local area from the sixth anointed camp this time tomorrow night. Exodus 23, 14 down to verse 17. What does it say here? The book of Exodus, chapter 23, reading 14 to 17. 14 says, These times thou shalt keep a feast unto me in the year. 15. Thou shalt keep the feast of unleavened bread. Thou shalt eat unleavened bread seven days, as I commanded thee, in the time appointed of the month, Abel. For in it thou camest out of Egypt, and none shall appear before me empty. 16. And the feast of harvest, the first fruits of thy labor, which thou hast sown in the field, and the feast of in gathering, which is in the end of the year. When thou hast gathered in thy labors out of the field. 17. Three times in a year, all thy males shall appear before the Yahweh. Mm-hmm. So you got a feast that's coming up. And we are done on leavened bread. And the next feast after that was the 50-day feast after that. And that came to be called, in Exodus 23, 16, is the Feast of Harvest. It's the Feast of Harvest. So that's the same feast that we deal with this time tomorrow in the Sixth Anointed Camp. That's the Feast of Harvest. Let's go to Exodus 34, Elder. 34. Verse 22 down to verse 24. Let's see, let's see what else they talked about on the Feast of Harvest. Exodus 34, 22 down to verse 24. What that say? Exodus, looking at chapter 34, reading verse 22 to 24. 22 says, And thou shalt observe the Feast of Weeks, of the first fruits of wheat harvest and the feast of ingathering at the year's end. 23. Rice in the year shall all your men children appear before the Yahweh, the Yahweh of Israel. 24. For I will cast out the nations before thee and enlarge thy borders. Neither shall any man desire thy land when thy shall go up and to appear before the Yaqua, the Yaqua, twice in the year. Mm-hmm. So he's telling you this piece right here is a, a reminder of what he gonna do. Now, now you don't get some. Now you don't read some. So this, it, 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 it's about eating them up and drinking them up. But he giving you 
the true meaning about this new day in 34, verse 23 and 24. Let's take our time looking at that real capital, because he going to say something, a reminder on something that he going to do in Exodus 34, verse 23 and 24. Let's talk about what he said he's going to do. Okay. Back Exodus 34, 23, and 24. 23 says, Christ in the year shall all your men children appear before Yahweh, the Yahweh of Israel. 24. For I will cast out the nations before thee and enlarge thy borders. Neither shall any man desire that man, but thou shalt go up unto appear before the Yahweh, the Yahweh, thrice in the year. That's big talking, Elder. So, Elder, you telling me that this time tomorrow night, the reason why you keep this feast is a reminder of what the Almighty is going to do. He says, Cast out the nations, the one that's in power. You keep these big things and you're reminding them of what he's going to do in time to come. He said, the reason you keep it, because I'm going to cast out the nations. That means somewhere, somewhere the nations going to take over your land, like 1948 when the sins of Esau taking over the land of Israel. So when you do the feast tomorrow, it's to remind them of what Yahweh going to do in time to come. Because he was telling them about casting out the nations, and they haven't even got to their land at the time. They were still trying to get there. That's the point we make it. Yahweh he put a a forty six nine through eleven on the elder. Yahweh dropped a Isaiah forty six nine through eleven on him, elder. Let's find out what what he just did by telling the angel to go tell the man of Yahweh, the seer, Aaron and Moses, exactly what he was gonna do. And they haven't even got to the land yet. So, so what do we read? Isaiah forty-six nine through eleven. Hey, let's talk about it here after we read it. Isaiah forty-six nine through eleven. What do you say? Isaiah forty-six, verse nine to verse eleven. Nine says, "Remember the former things of old, for I am Yahweh, and there is none else. I am Yahweh; there is none like me." 10, declaring the end from the beginning and the ancient times of things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasures. 11, calling a ravish bird, a ravish bird from the east, and the man that executed my counsel from a far country, yea, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass that I have purposed it. I will also do it. Ain't that something else? So we find out the feast is coming up tomorrow called the Feast of Week. 
is to remind them on what he was going to do, just like he was telling Isaiah to put that he called the end from the beginning. So when we was reading in Exodus 34, verse 22 to 24, they haven't even got their land yet. But he's telling them, when you have his speech that's coming up tomorrow night, you remind them that he's going to cast out the nation, the one that you, um, that got you in the predicament you in today. So the feast tomorrow night, you got to make sure you tell them that he's going to cast out the nation. Although he told the children of Israel before they even got to the land, so he already knew by you reading Isaiah 46, 9 through 11, he called in from the beginning. So he already know what you're going to do. And that's the plot we make it. So that's why I say, Elder, we already know by reading the Bible exactly who's going to do something and who ain't. And who y'all going put that spirit on to break out running? And who going to put that spirit on to just Stay away in the sunset. So you have to watch everybody from the pages of the book. So that's what he tried to take. So that's how you watch on the page of the book. And we found out the Bible got double meaning to it. Now let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 16, that elder. We're going to Deuteronomy 16 and look at verse 11, 14, 16, and 17. We're going to Deuteronomy chapter 16. And we're going to look at verse 11, 14, 16, and 17. Let's find what that's saying there, Elder. In the book of Deuteronomy. 16. Actually, let me check. That said chapter 16. Looking at verses 11, 14, 15, and 17. Uh, 11, 14, 16, and 17. 16 and 17. Okay, starting in verse 11. And thou shalt rejoice before the Yahweh, thy Yahweh, thou and thy son, and thy daughter, and thy manservant, and thy maidservant and the Levite that is within thy gates, and the stranger, and the fatherless, and the widow that are among you, and the place which the Yahweh, the Yahweh, has chosen to place his name there. Verse number 14 says, And thou shalt rejoice in thy feast, thou, thou and thy son, and thy daughter, and thy manservant, thy maidservant, and the Levite, the stranger, and the fatherless, and the widow that are within thy gates. 16. Three times in the year shall all thy males appear before the Yahweh, thy Yahweh, in the place which he has chosen, in the feast of unleavened bread, and in the feast of weeks, and in the feast of the tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Yahweh, Empty. 17. Mm-hmm. Every man, every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the 
Yahweh the Yahweh, which he has given thee. Now back back up, Elder, in that 34th chapter of Exodus, and let's tie it all in real carefully. Come back to Exodus 34 and look at 22 down to verse 24. Because that's very important, because see, we got to be, we're just not doing this feast day just because we know that's the day that you meet and greet, wear your white garment with some branches on it, and you uh, eat them up and drink them up. It's more to it than that, Elder. So now we go and look at the heavenly tablets and the 34th chapter, 2 down to verse 24. Let's look at that one more time, because you're going to start up on some good stuff there, Elder. So we got to make sure we clear to get out of blessing. We have to make sure we remind them before to eat them up and to drink them up this time tomorrow, back on the line at 730, to eat them up and drink them up. But you have to be reminded of this Exodus 34, 22 down to verse 24. What is that, Al? Exodus 34, reading 22 to 24. When he says, And thou shalt observe the feast of weeks, of the first fruits of wheat harvest, and the feasting of and gathering at the year's end. 23. Thrice in a year shall all your men children appear before the Yahweh, the Yahweh of Israel. 24. For I will cast out the nations before thee, and enlarge thy borders. Neither shall any man desire thy land. When thou shalt go up, appear before the Yahweh, the Yahweh, thrice in a year. Now, that's big talking, Elder. So now, Elder, what is saying that tomorrow feast day is to remind those that attend the six anointed camps and if you look in 70 miles, you dial the international line, 224-600-5579, and see where you at. But it will be taught in all six camps that this feast that you on is a reminder is a reminder of what Yahweh going to do to the nation. He didn't even put a name on them. On the nation, on what he going to do to them. For you, at the time of Exodus, they were just now leaving Egypt. They haven't even made to the land to mess up. So that's how powerful our mighty one is. He called it in from the beginning. He letting you know that I know on who gonna do what and who not. So that takes me to end time prophecy. That's big talk you just read. So now we clear that a lot of people say, well, we got our free will to do or not to do. But what we want to find out, before you hit the floor running, Yahweh already sealed what, what you're going to do and what you ain't going to do. He knew about the children of Israel before they got into the land 
of the Canaanites, which was the land we call after that the land of Israel, was going to mess up. And they was going to be rooted out of the land. Rooted out the land. But then all of a sudden, they're going to start coming back to the land. And then, but come back to the land, that means you came back into the mind. That means you start keeping the Sabbath days, keeping the feast days. Understand these feast days is about Yahweh, not an individual. You had it all down pat. They say you, you, you're doing all the right things. Then Yahweh say, you know what I'm going to do? Then I'm going to kick out the nation. And we found out that the children of Israel, according to Isaiah chapter 11, can you help me out, uh, Elder? In Isaiah chapter 11, can we talk about the children of Israel in the 11th chapter, verse number, we'll see out, and let's read a little more prophecy from Isaiah. In the 11th chapter of Isaiah, we just, we, we, you, you, don't, you don't call fire on that birthday, you are really just a tone for tomorrow that we got to be clear about exactly what's got to be on the table. Uh, as to remind them that the burden burden that's over you right now is going to all come to an end. So in the 11th chapter of Isaiah, let's look at a little prophecy on what the children of Israel are going to be at and then what will happen next. We're going to Isaiah chapter 11, verse 11 and 12. Isaiah Chapter 11, verse 11 and 12, Elder. You on the clock, come on. The book of Isaiah, chapter 11, reading verse 11, verse number 12. 11 says, And it shall come to pass that in that day that the Yahweh shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Ptolemy's, and from Cush, and from Elam, and from Sinar, and from Hamath, and from the islands of the sea. Twelve. He shall set up Enzyme for the nations, and shall assemble the outcast of Israel, and gather together the dispersed of Judah, that time, from all the four corners of the earth. So, where Judah, Judah, from the four corners of the earth. So Judah going to be in four corners of the earth. So he says in 12, and he shall set up an ensign for the nation and shall assemble the outcast of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. So Judah's siege, the lead tribe of Israel, is in four corners of the earth. Isaiah was told about that. Now let's go read that. Now remember, Judah is in four corners of the earth. 
this is Isaiah talking about 700 B.C. So he was telling the children of Israel at this time, they was all in their land. All 12 tribes in 700 B.C. was not in 722, nor the kingdom left. Got to cut it out. But Isaiah wrote from the mouth of the spirit, the angel, about the children of Israel will be cast out of their land and they will be in, dispersed off into four corners of the earth so that the speech that come up tomorrow night is remind them of it. So now we can go, but we find out, now listen, watch this very carefully, uh, it says, the outcast of Israel and gathered together the dispersed of Judah. What do that? The key word from the four corners of the earth. Now let's go read that by going to the second chapter of Acts 2 1. And let's read this. Let's see when Yahweh tells something to the fear. Let's see when this came to pass when Judah will be dispersed off in every nation of the sun, but then they'll start coming back to the speak. And let's see what we got. And let's dig in as how many years it went past? 700 B.C. And we're going to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Let's watch this prophecy unfold. That's why I said this book is the greatest piece of the literature it is, the Bible. We're going to Acts 2-1, and let's find out. They're getting ready to put another name on the Feast of Harvest and the Feast of Weeks. But we not what? Put a marker right there, Elder, that Acts 2-1, and give me 2 Corinthians 2-11. Before we go to uh, Acts yeah, two one, give me Second Corinthians two eleven, and make sure we clear about something. And what you say that we can read Second Corinthians two eleven. Second Corinthians chapter two verse number eleven. Eleven says, "Least Satan should get an advantage of us." But we are not ignorant of his devices. You did it? That's right. See, the six and on the camp, we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. So we, now we, we've been reading all day long, this speech the week, speech the harvest. Now we, get, now we get on the right side of the book. Now watch what Satan do. Watch what Satan put in and two, verse one, Satan put in there. We're not ignorant of your devices, Satan. We know what you own. Watch me bust you right in the middle of the street. Two verse one of Acts, come on. Book of Acts, chapter two, verse number one says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Acts, when the day of Pentecost, that word is a polluted word 
harvest the feast of week. So we clear that that supposed to be the feast of week of harvest, and then the writer, dictated by Satan, put in Pentecost. I got something. Pentecost. So now you now they keeping a feast called Pentecost, and we know clearly it's the feast of week or the feast of harvest. But all that came from the Roman Catholic Church. They the one that's the head of the Christian church. They got the word Pentecost. And now you got churches out there. You might ride through your neighborhood and see a church called the Pentecost of Baptist Church. <laughs> Pentecost. Yeah? The Pentecost. And we know Dan and L that you led by Satan the devil because that right there from harvest, not Pentecost. So we already know what you're teaching inside Christianity. See? So we already know. We always look read the name of your place. Your building you got out there called a church. You call it the, the Pentecost Baptist Church. So there we already know that you, you're not teaching right. You're teaching Christianity. So we know Dan and L to make a U-turn on what you own because we know what you own. So now, so the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of Harvest, they was all together in one place. That means there was, there was a, a one mind. They was all a one mind. They knew from reading Exodus 34, 29 verse 24, they knew by knowing the scriptures about Exodus 23, 14 through 17, they knew about reading Deuteronomy chapter 16, 11, 14, 16, 17. They knew it. So now they knew they was on their way to keep the feast of week. Now, then what happened? We well, hear they come in verse 2. What happened in verse 2 to hell? Acts chapter 2, verse 2. What happened? Come on. 2 says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it was filled, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. So, so all the big dignitaries was around the place, and all of a sudden they kind of rushing mighty wind. That 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 wind. I got pulled right back. What that what that wind is? Uh, Trust this book of Job. I've been definitely in this lesson for some reason. But this wind in the book of Job there, L, I want to get a priest up on that wind. There came a rushing mighty wind. But I've been struggling pretty big on this lesson right here. Got a lot of tables to do. But in Job, it's your card, boy, chapter 9. Can you help me out in verse number 11 and 12? What is that we can read in Job chapter 9, verse 11 and 12? The book of Job, chapter 9, reading verse 11 and verse number 12. 11 says, Lo, he goeth by me, and I see him not. He pass on also, but I perceive him not. Twelve, behold, he taketh away. Who can hinder him? 
who will say unto him, What doest thou? Mm-hmm. So he so so in Saint John chapter three, the Almighty can or his angels can walk right past you. You ain't got a clue that they're there. They so this is, but they recognize the sound of a rushing wind. Now we go on to Saint John chapter three, you know. And we're going to look at first number 8. St. John chapter 3. We're going to look at number hmm, St. John chapter 3. Pick it up at verse number 8. What does it say in verse 8? St. John chapter 3, looking at verse number 8. It says, The wind bloweth where it must, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whether it goes. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. To that came, which was an angel, it came down to report about what was going on. The angel came to report something, came to help out on something. So let's go back now to this rushing mighty wind. So as much as rushing mighty wind was an angel, this angel came down and here the angel is in 2 verse 3. And what happened in Acts 2 verse 3 with this angel? Angel in 2 verse 3, what happened? In the book of uh, Acts, Chapter 2, verse number 3. He says, And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set on each of them. Mm-hmm. Verse 4. Verse 4. And they were all filled with the righteous spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. All right, verse four. A minute. And there were and there were dwelling at Jerusalem, Yadav, Jews, devoted men, out of every nation under heaven. Oh, man. So now we 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 are not looking at Satan devices. He said in verse five, and there was dwelling at Judah, Judah, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now, why we know that? Well, let me, let me back up myself there, you Let me stay with you for a minute. I'm going to back up to the, go back up to Isaiah 11 to make sure that that's right. That what was drilling, that was Jews, which is polluted for Judah out of every nation because the prophet had, the seer had them make the statement exactly what's going on. We're going to the 11th chapter of Isaiah, and we're going to look at exactly what did Isaiah say is going to be coming out of every nation. Uh, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 12, it says, and he shall set up an inside for the nation, 
and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners. So when we so when we turn back over and flip it back over to Acts two, verse five, it says, And there was dwelling at Judah, Judah, devout men out of every nation under heaven. So they slipped that word in called the Jew. And when you bite on the word called a Jew, you're going to bite on the word called Jewish. Jewish, like the Jew. And then you'll you take them to death to a religion called Judaism. See, when you bite on one word, you, you're running down a slippery slope. You're going to bite it, bite into three words that don't even belong there. Well, so be there. But when we see the word Jew, then they'll say the Jewish people. And once they become a Jewish people, it becomes Judaism religion. So they saying, not take it to your religion. No. But see, we read over there in Second Corinthians 2.11, we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. We know the word Jew is a corrupt word for Judah. Because Judah traced right back to Israel. The Jew traces to Jewish and Judaism, a religion. This is not a religious conversation. This is a bloodline conversation. So now, Let's see where they're coming from. We're going to see where they're coming from. These Judah, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Under heaven. Where are they coming from? Verse 9. Okay. Verse 9 in the book of uh, Isaiah. Acts 2 9. We in Acts 2 9. We just find out where all these Judah, Benjamin, Levite, and Simeon, where they're coming from to keep this feast day. Let's see where they're coming from. They're going to be scattered. Come to the feast to be reminded of what we read in 34, 23, and 24 say to Mexico that he's going to kick out the nations. They're going to have you all jacked up. So they reminding them in Acts chapter 2 that came out of every nation under heaven. And where was they at in verse 9? What was that in verse 9 and 10? What was that? Okay, 9 and 10. 9 says, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers of Macedonia and in Judea, Capitonia, and Potamus and Asia and Togara, Armelia and Egypt and in parts of Libya about Syria and the strangers of Rome, the Jews and Cultivates. So you see where he was at? All over the place. He was in all these, all these nations. 
But he was over there in Asia. You know, Asia's called Japan and China and the land of Shem. He was everywhere. So, but you know that it was the Feast of Wheat coming. And so, and so you came to that feast to get your margin orders. Although we know that they drunk them up and ate them up. But the prophecy over there in 11, 11, and 12 say Judah will be dispersed out into every nation upon the sun. So here they is right here. They will disperse off into every nation upon the sun, but they knew three times in the year you bring your families to the feast. The Passover feast, the unleavened bread feast, and the feast of harvest. So they knew that. So here they come. So they was coming. So now once they were and they identified themselves from all these lands. Then once they were all situated in the land of Judah, then what happened in verse 14? So now, so when you read this, this ain't when no, the preachers teaching Christianity, this when all nations came together. See, no, that's not true. See, that's why we must come now to teach this. This polluted word called Pentecost is not talking about all nations came together. It's talking about all nations that Judah, Benjamin, Levi, and Simeon, and the rest of the tribe were scattered at. They were all coming back to keep the feast day because they had their records. And Deuteronomy 16, 16 says, three times in a year that you bring your family to the feast. And Deuteronomy 16, 16. Passover, you get your family together. Unleavened bread, you get family together. And the feast of harvest, the feast of wheat, you get your family together. See? That's what's going on here. But we've been taught Christianity, and this is where the other nations come in. But we read exactly what for what for be taught. That's big talk, El. So El, that's big talk right there. See, this one was they teach us today from the Roman Catholic Church about Pentecost, but they keep. But they'll never read what you gotta read again, Elder. Cause that's big talk. Exodus 34, 23, and 24. Now read that again. Now it'll make sense. Now it'll make sense. It's a reminder on what Yahweh is going to do. Exodus 34, 23, and 24. Hey, read that again, Elder. One more time. Exodus 34, 23, and 24. Exodus 34, 23 and 24. 23 says, Christ in the year, shall all your men servants appear before the Yahweh, the Yahweh of Israel. 24, for I will cast out the nations before thee and enlarge thy borders. Neither shall any man desire thy land, for thou shalt go up 
and appear before the Yahweh, the Yahweh, twice in the year. Now look at that, El. El, do you hear what the man saying? He's telling you, the reason you keep this feast day, what he's going to do to the nation, but the nation today have taken credit. This when all nations come together. No. This when the scattered Israelites start waking up and understood that they got to keep these laws. And then the ones that the spirit of Yahweh was on, it was remind them that was in all these other lands that one day Yahweh going to cast them out. Like the ones that went over there in Israel in 1948 and taking over the land and, and booted you out and become you, and now you don't even know where you're from. Because when we read now in Galatians 4 26, that's a mystery to you. Hey, yo, what is saying in Galatians 4 26 anyway? Now, when we read Galatians 4 26, this is astonished to you. But it's not nothing to us. Galatians 4.26 says what else? Okay. Galatians 4.26. Yeah, you caught me taking a sip of tea, Brother Elder. But anyway, Galatians 4.26 says, but Jerusalem, Yada, which is above, is free, which the mother of us are, which is the mother of us are. So what is what is Judah's motherland? Israel, the southern part of Judah. That is your that is your motherland. See right now we can you can ask ninety nine percent of those that Israelite descent. Where is your motherland? They will never read Galatians 4.26. They'll say our motherland is Mother Africa. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Galatians just told us what the motherland is in 4.26. It is the southern part of Israel. That is the capital of the motherland, Judah. That's our motherland. Is the mother of how many again? Hey, take your time and read that verse again and make it real plain. Because when they ask, if you ask tomorrow, will you know they're from, or if they're from Judah, Benjamin, Levite, or Simeon? You ask them, what is your motherland at? How many of you think going to say this after you read Galatians 4 26? What does it say here? Galatians chapter 4, verse 26 says, But Jerusalem, God thou, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. So our motherland is Jerusalem. More correctly, southern part of Judah. That's who, that's motherland. That's where we come from, Judah. That's our motherland. So they came back to the motherland. And then, but before they came to the motherland, 
Let's see what Peter was doing in Peter 1.1. What was Peter doing before they came to the motherland? Let's see what's going on that we can read in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Hey, hello, Mr. King of Israel. What was Peter, you know, Peter get ready to stand up with the eleven? But what was Peter doing prior to that? And First Peter one, verse one. What was he doing, hello? Book of First Peter, chapter one, looking at verse number one, says, Peter, an apostle of Yahweh's son, to the strangers scattered throughout Potamus, Galatia. Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithyia. Ain't that something? Peter was writing a letter, and I can come on the broadcast right now. We're reminding you all over the world about the feast that comes tomorrow night. You know what Peter's doing right there? He was writing a letter. So he was writing a letter to all of the strangers that were scattered throughout Asia, all these lands, and to tell them what. What are you going to tell them? He was writing the letter. What, the, what, what was in the letter that he was reminding them of, Elder? Down to verse number six. Now listen to this. So Peter, the chief speaker of the nation of Israel, he was writing to the scattered stranger Israelites to remind them about the feast day. So what was in the letter we get ready to read that you have to remind them before you eat them up and drink them up? What do you remind them in verse 2 down to verse 6? Take your time to talk about it. 2 down to verse 6, come on. Starting in verse 2, reading to verse 6. 2 says, Elect according to the foreknowledge of Yahweh the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and to sprinkling of the blood of Yahweh the Son. Grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. 2. Blessed be the Yahweh and Father of our Yahweh the Son which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Yahweh's Son from the dead. Four, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that is fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Five, who are kept by the power of Yahweh through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Six, wherein ye greatly rejoice through now for a season. If need be, you are in heaven, heavens throughout manful temptations. Ain't that something? Let me bring tears to you. I got I to got wipe my eyes behind that. You, know? you mean all this got to be said tomorrow <laughs> before we eat them up and drink them up is to remind them that you got, I got to wipe my eyes behind that. You know, that's big company, you know? That's big company. Mm-hmm. You mean tomorrow he sent them letters to them to remind them 
said, what's going on in verse 5 again, Elder? What did he say again in verse 5? 5 says, who are kept by the power of Yahweh through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Thank you, Let you know. Give me 40 seconds. You are kept by the power of Yahweh, ready to be revealed in the in the last time. And the last time is now. Because we end the seventh day. So these feast days is a reminder on where you stand that he's on his way. Because this is the seventh day. It's not going to the eighth day. So once this message is completed and finalized, Somewhere in the 7,000 years, Yahweh can fulfill all this right here. So if so we, we read the seventh, it's the last of it. If you're not doing the seventh day, you can't do another day to my two words for him. We found in Genesis 2, 3, it ain't nothing after the seventh day. But coming back to one with the day of the sun, that's not a worship day. That's a work day for the children of Israel. So it ain't nothing after that. So now, Peter is getting ready to stand up with the leper. Now look at WCC. See if can I get a second witness on that. Well, you want a second witness for WCC? 500 million members? Um, let's go to James chapter 1-1 one, one there. Elder, let's give a WCC a second witness. They want a second witness. That they was writing letters before they came to the they was remind and that's what we're doing now. We come on the broadcast and, and remind you. See now we got what's called these internet and all every now we can talk to over nine hundred thousand plus, but you know tomorrow is the feast of week. Here's a reminder, but in the feast of week, the six and nine camp will be teaching that one day Yahweh is gonna kick out the nation. And put you where you belong as once you do right. So that's what's important about this feast day. So we're going to James 1 1 and let's find out what, how did James put it because he was one of them apostles, one of the fathers of Yahweh the Son. So what did James say in 1 1? Come on, Ayo. The book of James, chapter 1, verse number 1. James. A servant of Yahweh and of Yahweh the Son, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Three. I guess so. You see, not playing that available. So James, Peter, doing writing to the twelve tribes that are what scattered. We told you you're gonna be scattered, and every nation upon the sun. But then now. Um, James knew what he was at too. So he writing to the children of Israel to remind them of the feast three times in the year you bring your families and keep the Passover, unleavened bread, and the feast of wheat. James is doing the same thing because he is a servant of Yahweh. And of Yahweh the Son. And watch his letter too. To the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. 
what he said to them? Yahweh be with you. What you mean, Catholic Church here said, no, Yahweh be with you? Yeah, that's how they meet in Greek. The Roman Catholic Church out of New York said, no, they said, greeted. No. Um, let me get a precept on that. Hey, uh, let's go to the book of um, Ruth. The book of Ruth 2, verse 4. Let's see exactly how the children of Israel greet one another. Let's see, do they say greetings or just the word just added in there? We go on to Ruth, R-U-T-H, chapter 2, verse 4. Let's go see out on how children of the book greet one another and Ruth, chapter 2, verse 4. What does it say there else? Luke 2, verse 4 says, And behold, Rosa came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, unto the reapers, The Yahweh be with you. And they answered him, The Yahweh bless you. Hey, that's So Boaz, big time Boaz from the tribe of Judah, came to the reapers, the one that was doing work. And Boaz said, Yahweh be with you. And they looked up at Boaz and said, and Yahweh bless you. So that's where we get it from, Elder. So that's where we get this. Yahweh be with you, and Yahweh bless you. Oh, big Boaz came to the reaping. They was in there reaping, doing some things. Big Boaz, big dignitary from the tribe of Judah. And he said, Yahweh be with you. And what they say again, they'll read from the top. Let's see exactly what they said when Boaz said to them and two verse four. Let's read that again. I got happy again. Two verse four, what it say? Verse number four says, And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Yahweh be with you. And they answered him, The Yahweh blessed him. Ah, so when we meet and greet one another, ever is we using Bible or we using our own imagination. So when we do that, every time we meet one another, is we going by the Bible or is we using our own imagination? Which one are we doing, ever? This is from the Bible. X. X. It is from the Bible. When we say, Yahweh be with you, and then we wait on them to say, and Yahweh bless you, we read the Bible. That's all we doing. But the angel came and told David something, Elder. But I've been struggling big time in this lesson. I've been struggling, Elder. But the, but the angel came from heaven and told David something to write in a thousand BC. But I've been struggling big time in this left in the book of Psalms. Now I wanna see remember the, the angel when he came down to the seer, he had got it already from the father 
the son that got from the father. So everybody knew their role. But I want to read what the angel told David in 1000 B.C. But I might have to table that too, you know. I've been struggling big time in this lesson right here. Uh, Mr. Pearson, no, we ain't going to let you talk no more. And 129, verse 8, you know. Now, now we send this up. The angel is coming to David in 1000 B.C. Everybody knew Yahweh be with you, and they'll say, Yahweh bless you. They understood that. But then here come the angel tell David, put this in the Bible, what? 129 verse 8. What did he say in 129 verse 8? 129 verse number 8. Mm-hmm. The book of Psalms, chapter 129, verse number 8 says, Neither do they which go by, neither which go by say, the blessing of the Yahweh be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Yahweh. He said, they're not going to be saying that no more. He said, you, they're, not, you, they're not going to be saying we bless you in the name of Yahweh. They're going to tell you, um, hello, how are you? Good morning, good afternoon. They're not going to be saying that no more. He said, David, do you know way up the road that they're not going to be using what Yahweh said, Yahweh be with you, Yahweh bless you. We bless you in the name of Yahweh. They're not going to be saying that no more. David, I know David was a son. He's the way he's supposed to be. And he tell you when he's supposed to be, 719. This when it's supposed to happen, Elder. Uh, by the time of David, by the time of Samuel, this was going to happen according to Second Samuel seven nineteen. Can you help me out, Elder? In Second Samuel seven nineteen. In the book of Second uh, Samuel, chapter seven. Looking at verse number 19. 19 says, And this was a small thing in my sight, O Yahweh, but thou hast spoken also of my servant's house for a great while to come. And is he said, this the manner of... He said, he said that was gonna be, that's going to be going on a great while to come. That time is now, y'all. You very seldom hear anybody say, Yahweh be with you. And they say, Yahweh bless you. We bless you in the name of Yahweh. You don't hear that no more than the six and on the council bosses ever do his wife. You go to work all week and all month, and you never hear that. When you meet and greet somebody, you say, hello, good morning, good afternoon. Never bless nobody in the name of Yahweh. That is that that was for a great while to come, guess what? That great while of come is now. It's now. It's now on the clock. When we meet and greet our relatives and everything else, 
than the noonday. Thou shalt shine forth, thou shalt be as the morning. 18. And thou shalt, thou shalt be sure, because it is hope. Yea, thou art dig about thee, and thou shalt take away thy rest in safety. Hold that point. Also, hold that point. Hey, hold, hey, hold that point. I want to go back over this 14. This is 11, 14, one more time. I want to look at this okay. real carefully. And in 11, 14, look at that real carefully in 11, 14. Job chapter okay. 11. And look at one verse at a time. Verse 14. All right. Read verse 14. If inquity be in thine hand, put it far away, and let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacles. Good. He said, now, iniquity is sin. He said, you got sin now in your hand, I mean in your mind. You got sin in your mind. Sin is breaking his law. He said, look, he said, take that sin and put it away. And let not wickedness, that was saying this, wickedness, drill in your tabernacle, and that means drill in you. He said, don't let it happen. He said, put that away. Now he say, now we say in verse 15. 15. For then shall thou lift up thy feast without spot. Yeah, then you your face to that spot. Then you do it. He said, first of all, you cannot be you cannot be shaded. And you cannot be using deceit. He said you got to be straight up. Then you can look up toward where I'm at. Huh? Then you do it. But knowing you got a hidden agenda, not me in the early broadcast, we talked about today. He said, it ain't going to work. He already knows what you own before you get there. He said, that's what you're rolling with. You might as well keep your prayer to yourself. Because he said, I'm not hearing you. He said, you got to come clean. That's what he's trying to tell you. He said, you got sin, you got the hidden sin in your, in your, in your hands. That means in your mind. That means you face it in the word of Yahweh. And Yahweh is going to see, let do it, pass it on to the field. The field is going to pass it on to the hill. Okay, what's the next verse say? Now you read 14 and 15. So you don't have no spot. <laughs> All right, go ahead. 16. Because thou shalt forget thy misery. And remember, it as waters that passed away. You see that? So he, he let you know when you're on track with Yahweh, he will move all that stony mind, that, all them problems you got, that, but you got to come clean. And that's what the feast day is all about. I thought we're going to be some eating them up and some drink them up. How that's going to happen? But he's trying to tell you, these things got to be told by the elders at the six and nine accounts about the real reason you here. Because you have left your 
first love. You have went into captivity. And now what he's doing now is showing you how you come out of it, but you got to cast away that sin. Let's go to Romans chapter 6, Elder. We're going to Romans chapter 6 and look at verse 12 and 23. Because he's letting you know something in Romans chapter 6, verse 12 and 23. Let's see what he says that we can read in Romans 6, 12 and 23. What does it say? Look in the book of Romans chapter 6, verse 12 and 23. Paul says, let not sin therefore reside in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of Yahweh is eternal life through Yahweh the Son, our Yahweh. He said, don't let sin weigh in your, in your mortal body. Don't let, don't let that be your own. No. Don't let that be your own. It's the same thing. Because the price you're going to pay, according to Paul telling the Israelites that was in Rome, according to 623, the price you're going to pay is death. It's death. He said, don't let the sin put you up because the price is death. That was the hill that just got to read in 23. Now, Paul left them, Elder. And he went to Ephesians to find another group of Israelites. And remember, we read about in Job about that spot. He said, he says, um, he makes a statement pertaining to that spot. What verse is that? He made a statement over in the book of Job, chapter 11, about a spot. So, Let's see where he said that spot was at. He made a you read it, you know? Yeah, you read it in the eleventh chapter of Job about a spot. You read it, you know? No, you know, absolutely. Let me let me peek down and see where we're at. You read about a spot, and that was in verse fifteen. It said, For then shall thou lift up thy face with that spot. That's so that? Yes, sir. With that spot. Nine, nine, if you if you ain't got no sin in your hand in your mind, then you could be able to look yourself up to the Yahweh with that spot. That's what he's saying. Now the key word was spot. Now we go on and get a precept on that in Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty seven. Now the key word to you want to be able to worship Yahweh without a spot. We're going to Ephesians 5, 27, Elder, and we will see what it says in Ephesians 5, 27. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, looking at verse number 27, says, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be righteous and without blemish. 
no spot, no wrinkle. So he compared you to a glorious church which polluted by the children of Israel. To my people. So he wants you to be as a people with that spot, blemishes, wrinkles. He's talking about people. But he described it as the congregation of the children of Israel. Letting you know the children of Israel, this is what Yahweh is requiring of you to be to be to be presented to him. You gotta fit this. Five twenty seven. He got the eyes to look you down from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. And if he see any spots or wrinkle into you, he know you'll be cast back on the left hand side. So but he's talking to the children of Israel, but what the writers put in was the word church. The church is talking about the children of Israel. Now read that again, Elder, in that 527. We'll do all of the breakdowns on it. That's good. But this is what he's talking about. See, we, we know we're not ignorant of saying the Bible. He don't want no spots in the children of Israel. But the writer put in the church, so you are. But we read in Second Corinthians two eleven. We're not ignorant of Satan the Bible. We know when you see the word church, it means the whole congregation of the children of Israel. So just what Paul is telling the Israelites that at Ephesians, at Ephesus, he said, Yahweh wants you to come back to him. But with that a wrinkle. We don't want no spots and wrinkles in you. You can't come back with that old mindset because then y'all are going to drop you off into the where you don't want to be. So now that's what Paul's talking about. And he sees in 527 one more time, Hill. And the Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 27, that he might present it to himself. A glorious church, congregation of the children of Israel, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be righteous and without blemish. Hey, yes, let's see how, let's see how that, I, I, you see how that makes sense, Elder. So you see, he's not talking about no building, he's talking about a people. So Paul tell you that, you know, because see what happened, children of Israel have done something that Paul is still talking to them in Romans chapter 11. See, Paul is still talking to them, Elder. And the reason why he's there because there became something that we can read. Go to Romans chapter 11 and find out what happened to him, Elder. We're going to Romans chapter 11, and we're going to find out what happened to the children of Israel. Why Paul there? He said, now look. I'm over here to clean y'all up, to have no spots and no wrinkles, and present you back to him, but he can. But he's not going to accept you at the say, Come as you is. No, that don't work like that. That's only in Christianity. Yahweh is not going to take you as you is. You have to be without spots and blemish. Now. We're going to read a little bit that in the Romans chapter 11, Elder. 
And now we're going to pick it up at verse number 16. We're going and thinking we tie that in with some precepts, 11, verse number 16. Let's see if we take a look at that elder in Romans chapter 11, verse 16. Let's read a little bit. Romans chapter 11, verses 16 on. 16 says, For the first fruit be righteous, the lump is also righteous. And if the root be righteous, so are the branches. 17. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou be a wild olive tree, would gather them in among them, and with them partakers of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Eighteen. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you see, he would tell me things, and I, I want to present you back to Yahweh, children of Israel, with no spots and blemish, because the northern kingdom became a what in verse 17? What? See, see remember, he talks in similitudes. Remember, they was in captivity. They was over in Rome. So Paul is talking to them like they um, talk about branches and trees, but they knew what he was talking about. So Paul is talking to the Israelites that was called the church, polluted for the congregation of Israel. So Paul is over in Rome talking to the children of Israel, and look what he says again in verse 17. The children of Israel. Verse 17 says, And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakers of the wood and fatness of the olive tree. Well, hold that part. Hold that, hold that part. Now, WCC saying, see, would you just, uh, would you break that down? And, yeah, we'll break that down for you. We'll let you know this is not talking about what you think you're talking about. So you see, and, well, we know you're confused. It says, and it'll be broken off. And, Thou being a wild olive tree was drafted in among them and with them partakers of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. Now that's big talk. <laughs> that's not a big talk. But see, we know the Bible is the precept to put, you put a marker there, you know? Don't put me a marker there, too. And we're going to go and see exactly who this wild olive tree is, drafted in, all that good stuff. We're just going to preach up the Bible in the book of Jeremiah. Yeah. We're going and see can we just preach up the Bible and see what is you talking about. These wild olive trees being broken off. Remember, Paul is talking to a people that's in captivity. And he in captivity too. So he had to speak 
with dark sand. So now we go and see how to break down this dark sand. What is this broken off olive tree? What does all this mean, been broken off? What are you talking about? We go and see can we tie this in, Elder, by going to Isaiah chapter 11, right? Let's see if we go to Isaiah chapter 11 and start breaking this down on what he's saying and who is he calling this olive tree and you've been broken off and you wild and all that stuff. Let's see what he's talking about in a green olive tree. What are you talking about? I mean, the God that was listening to him said, man, this man, I don't know what he's talking he ain't he no threat. He's talking foolishness. Let's find out he is his foolishness. We go on to Jeremiah chapter 11 and verse 16 and 17. Let's find out about this okay. Greek olive tree and being broken off. What are you talking about? Let's see what happens. We go on to the 11th chapter, verse 16 and 17. What does it say? Okay. Book of Jeremiah, chapter 11, verses 16 and verse number 17. 16 says, Yahweh called by name, a green olive tree, fair, and of goodly fruit, with the noise of a great tumult. He had kindled fire upon it, and the branches of it are broken. 17. For the Yahweh of hosts, that planet tree, hath pronounced evil against thee, and for the evil of the house of Israel, and for the house of Judah, which they have done against themselves to provoke me to anger, and offending innocence unto Babel. Now you see that uh, offering offering yeah. incense to Babel. He was talking about. He said, for the Yahweh hopes have planted thee, you, that I have provoked it, anger, you have, have pronounced it anger against thee, for the anger, for me, for the anger of the family of Israel and the family of Judah, which they have done against themselves. And provoke me to anger and offering incense to Satan the devil. Baal. Paul was there. He was talking to them because they knew they had the scriptures about who the wild olive tree is and the reason you've been broken off because you sinned against him and the reason you've been scattered into Rome. So Paul is coming to gather them back. But tell them you can't come back the way you left out. So when we go back to Romans chapter 11, Elder, so these branches and broken off and be drafted back in, and tell my children of Israel. So they use the word called drafted in. You got to first find a women. How could somebody be drafted in back? Unless it was already here. It is no record, nowhere in the Bible, 
what any other nation was tied to Israel. Israel has always been alone. So Cato Nation be drafted in because he's got to be in to be drafted in. Only nations that draft themselves out from among the southern kingdom was who? Let's, let's pull it out here. Let's find out who he's talking about. Who left? It's like you better have. Leave. <laughs> Break out running. Leave. Now, then all of a sudden, she have a second mind, and she want to come back. So that, that means she once was there to receive her there. But your neighbor can't say, I was once there. No. This was somebody that was once there that have broken away, and now they can be drafted back in. It's no record of any nation that's been drafted in and broke away but one people. And we're going to read that. Go to First Kings 12 for a minute. Let's see if we can solve this mystery, Elder, by going to First Kings 12. Let's see who on record walked away that we can read. Because but the door is open for Reconciliation. It's just like you better have leave. You come knocking on the door, and they say, "Well, who are you?" Uh, well, I'm 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 the old man telling woman up in there, <laughs> and I'm. <laughs> That's too funny. I come to get her. I come to drop her back in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we leave that alone. Now, yeah. in First Kings twelve, so you have to be in once more time ago for me to come back to reconcile with you. Now, in the twelfth chapter of First Kings, yeah, we're gonna see exactly who this talking about way over there the record of somebody being there and left. We don't see who was there, but the door is open for you to come on back in. You don't like you tell the better half, hey, look here. I said, all right, well, you keep the key. When you get your mind right, come on back. You, oh, yeah, come on back. You're not, talk, you're not telling your neighbor that. You're telling nothing wrong that was in your house. Hey, look here. You come on back when you get your mind right. Okay, good. In the 12th chapter, we're going to look at verse 16, and we'll find out exactly what's going on, why Paul is there, and who was in, then walked away. He said, I didn't send you away. You walked away on your own. I left the door open for you to come back. Okay, 16, let's see who broke away. In 1 Kings 12, 16, let's read a little bit. In the book of First Kings, chapter 12, reading 16, it says, So when all Israel saw that the king hearkened not unto them, the people answered the king, saying, What portion have we in David? Neither have we 
uh, inheritance and the son of Jesse to your tents. O Israel, now I see to thine own house David, so Israel departed unto their tents. Seventeen. Seventeen. But as for the children of Israel, which dwell in the cities of Judah, Rehoboam resigned over them. Then King Rehoboam sent Abiram, who was over the uh, tribute, and all Israel stoned him with stones, that he died. Therefore King Rehoboam had made speed to get him up to his chariot to flee Jerusalem at down Judah. Nineteen. Nineteen. So Israel rebelled against the house of David unto this day. Now you see that? So Israel, the ten northern tribes, walked away from the southern kingdom to this day. So this is split right here. So here they go, here the record of the only people that left away from the southern kingdom of Judah was the children of Israel. So when you read that 11th chapter of Romans, it ain't talking about all the nations. It's talking about the ones that left from the tree. They left the tree and started doing their own thing. They left the root and started doing their own thing. Paul is letting them know you became a wild olive tree when you left the southern kingdom and started doing your own thing. But the door is open for you to be drafted in again. When you get your mind right, come, 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 come. That's all he's saying. So they jump down in Romans, and they read Romans like all nations can be drafted in. It's not talking about all nations. It's talking about all nations of the children of Israel that left the southern kingdom. And that was the northern tribe. They broke away. Now Paul is, is out to fetch them in. And tell them, they come out to the 11th chapter again. Now, Paul is telling them that you know you've been a wild olive tree, but you are broke away from the root. Matter of fact, let's read who the root is. And the 15th chapter, Elder, we're winding on down now. We're going to St. John 15, 1 through 5. Matter of fact, let's read verse 5. That's good enough. 15, verse 5. St. John 15, verse 5, that's good enough for text number 8. 15, verse 5 says what? Okay, in the book of St. John, chapter 15, reading verse number 5. But it says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and, in, and I in him. And the same bringeth forth much fruit. Well, without me, you can do nothing. You see that? So he says, I'm the, I'm the head man. You are the branches. You are broke away from me, and without me, you can't do nothing. Came a wild olive tree. When you broke away from Judah, now you out there on your own. Now Paul is coming to fetch them back in. So he over in Rome telling them, you know that you've been a wild olive tree, but you can be drafted back in if you do right. You might try saying you might tell you know the old lady, look here, if you do right, you can come on back in. If you do right now, don't come bringing that Christianity and Islam and Judaism. 
put all that down and come on back in and, and do right. That's what he said. So now we go out to Romans chapter 11. And now with that understanding, let's read 17 and read a bit more. That, that's real nice. That's real nice. Now we're going back to Romans chapter 11, verse 17. With that understanding, he's talking about southern kingdom and, and northern kingdom that broke away. It was all up in Rome, scattered. Now Paul is there to tell them you can come back. But you can't bring back that wild spirit back. Verse 17, 11, 17, what does it say? A Roman. Book of Romans, chapter 11, verse 17. It says, And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree, wert grafted in among them, and with them are takers of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Right, H.A. Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thing. But of you the said, you said, you said, you said, come back in. Don't come back in being puff dad and puff mama. Don't come back in that way with your mouth going. Be quiet, low key, and relearn all over again. Verse 19. 19 says, Thou wilt say then, the branches were broke off, that I might be grafted in. Yeah. 20. 20. 20. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. He said, all the reason they were broken off because they stopped believing. See, they thought they could, they, could, they could walk away and still have this thing going on. The northern kingdom and a lot of or Judah walked away from this thing. They thought they still could cut a rug. They said, no, nah, they don't work like that. You broke away, and when you broke away, your mindset stayed where you at, no increase. But you got an opportunity to come back in. But don't come in being puff daddy and puff mama. <laughs> Northern Kingdom Perez. Don't come back in with your mouth going. Watch it. Next verse. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of Yahweh unto them which fail. Severity, but toward thee. Goodness, if thou continue in his goodness. Otherwise, thou should be cut off. You see the man said? He said, I can look at you. If you come back right, oh, why you'll be cut off. You got to come, be ready to be big ears and little mouth. Northern kingdom and Perez, Judah, because y'all broke away. You, you try to do your own thing. You see, it ain't going to work. That's why it's so important to understand what we're doing now. Land school banquet hall. Very important. And the lands before us, north, east, south, and west, but we got to put up the protection of the bars. So get in where you fit in at, roll your sleeves up. And let the cure 
the land by putting the bars up. So remember, donate, step out, throw your sleeves up for this ministry because it's all about doing a good work for Yahweh. When the floodgates come, you got to have plenty of room for the floodgates to come, north, east, southwest, and the temple of Yahweh. Great. 23 says what? Okay. 23 says, And they also, if they abide not, still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. For Yahweh is able to graft them in again. So Yahweh is able to draft them, who? The northern kingdom in again. They broke away, but he said, I can, I still can draft them back in, but they got to do right. The northern kingdom can come back to the southern kingdom and sit down at the feet of Judah because Judah's the lead tribe. And we can get you right, all the rest of the tribes. Understand, Judah leads, you follow. That's the way the rules was laid out. 24. 24. For if thou went, were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to the nature and to a good olive tree, how much more shall, shall these, which will be natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? So all even Judas, the natural branches, even they can come back. They just got to learn the right thing. He said, otherwise, don't boast against Judas because even he broke away too. Perez, I mean, Zora, they broke away. They can come on back in. See, all of the Israelites, the twin boys, and everybody can come back in. But they got to understand the order of things to come back in. He's going to make it plain in verse 25 and 26. Listen to what he says, 25 and 26. What do you say, Hill? 25. For well, I would not, brother, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. At least you should be wise in your own uh, consents. That blindness is part. Blindness in part is happening to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. 26. And so all Israel shall be saved as it is written. They shall come that? out of Zion. So this so so Israelite, all of them will be saved as it is written. But they were broken off and they became, once they left, being upon the banner of Judah, they become Gentile. Scattered in the mind so you can become a Gentile just like Zorro Judah become a Gentile because they broke away before they left the Exodus. They went to the northern world, Japhetic land, that's the one produced King James. Remember, before King James died, he sent the scholars 47 back over there to the southern kingdom to get the book right. He's done a good thing and put the back book back in order just before we got up out of here. So all Israel shall be saved. And this is how it's going to happen as written. There should come a deliverer out of Yardah. So it'll be somebody out of the tribe of Judah 
bring this information to you. Then Jeremiah says in the 31st chapter, 1 through 5, Elder. So now Jeremiah got the prophecy now exactly how this thing going to happen. That's why we got to be prepared when it do happen. And Jeremiah 31, 31 through 5 and 11. Jeremiah 31, 1 through 5 and 11. What does it say? In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses uh, 5 1 through 5 and 11. Jeremiah 31, okay. 1 through 5 and 11. 31, 1 through 5 and verse 11. 1. At the same time, say after Yahweh, well, I be Yahweh of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Two, thus saith the Yahweh, the people which were left out of the sword found grace in the wilderness, even Israel, when I went to cause him to rest. Three, the Yahweh had appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, therefore with Loving kindness have I drawn thee forth. Again I will build thee, and thou shalt be built, O virgin of Israel. Thou shalt be again adored with my taverns, and shall go forth in the dances of them that make merry. Aye, thou shalt yet plant vines upon the mountains of Samaria. The planter shall plant and shall eat them as common things. Verse number 11. For the Yahweh has redeemed Israel and ransomed him in the hand of him that was stronger than him. You hear? Read verse 10. What would verse 10 say? Then say, Hear the word of the Yahweh, O ye nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He that scattered Israel will gather him, and keep him as a shepherd do his flock. You see that? He that scattered Israel is going to gather it. See, once you come back to the knowledge of, of ourselves and stand what he's saying, because all he's doing now is Hosea 5.15. See, now he's doing the Hosea 5.15. What is in Hosea 5.15? Okay. Hosea chapter 5, verse number 15 says, I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face and their affliction. They will seek me early. This man saying, he said, I'm going to go watch you. He said, what are you doing now? I'm just watching you. I'm going to see with you. Keep the feast day. Keep the Sabbath day. Where them friends? Be able to be prepared to help those that need to be in life. He said, I'm going to watch you. Once you put down your sins, help them that, and show them their sins. Then I'm going to intervene. 
again, I'm going to come and gather you because the reason you were scattered because of 28. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28, 47 through 50 in the closing statement, Elder. We'll leave it like that. Deuteronomy 28. See, this is, this is what happened to you. So that's why we got to be in position to deal with the overflow. The land is before us, north, east, south, south, and west. It's all vacant. But now we got to secure it all. Floodgates have come, and we sit down and straighten them out. But we got to have plenty of room to straighten them out. But we got to be on one accord to be able to show them exactly what happened to you. He that scattered you is going to gather you. What you reading, Elder? Um. Deuteronomy 28, no verse. Uh, 47 down to verse 6. 47 to 50. Verse number 47 says, Because thou servest not to Yahweh, Yahweh, with joyfulness and with gladness of mind, for the abundance of all things. 48. Therefore, thou serve thine enemies, which Yahweh shall send against thee in hunger, and in thirst, and in nakedness, and in the want of all things, as he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he has destroyed. 49. Yahweh shall bring a nation against thee from afar, from the edge of the earth, as swift as the eagle flyeth, a nation whose tongue thou should not understand. 50. A nation of fierce countenance, which shall not regard the person of the old, nor show favor to the young. Mm-hmm. You said, since you don't want to fear me, you won't fear the enemy. You don't want to fear me. It's almost in the nation of you, whose tongue you're not going to understand. That tongue was a Latin tongue that turned the northern kingdom into speaking Spanish, and, he, and out there comes English and what we speak today. He said, that, that's the tongue you, gonna, you don't understand, and that's the one that's going to get you. And they're going to get you good until you return back to me. And how you return back to him? Keeping the Sabbath day, keeping them feast day, wearing them friendships, understand and seek his faith, not the faith that's been put upon you by Leonardo Vinci and Caesar Borgia in the 1400s. If you do that, we'll see you in one of the camps of the Sixth Anointed Camps. You call 224-600-5579 and wasn't close to. Get in where you been in at. Learn how to help yourself to help others. And donate to this ministry for land, school, and banquet hall and get the blessing of Yahweh. Got it? L. You can close out out, L. It's all on you. Take your time and close out. We'll check everybody tomorrow at 7.30 for the feast of week. L to close it out. It's all yours. Answering on your part, L. Do it all, L. You're the clock. Come on. Once again, Yahweh be with you, uh, Brother Shield, and Yahweh be with all that receive the words of righteousness 
and the voices of the true Israelites. From the beginning to the end, I will build the upper. Not right there. The work he do is it who man? 